Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 186, Creating a Sustainable Future. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world, you are welcome. It's good to be back with you. And I feel that we've come over a hump and we're leaving behind some of the potential disasters that were ahead of us. And we're not necessarily in plain sailing now, but I think we can now breathe a little bit and look forward to what's coming up over the next few weeks. As I've been looking out into the world, as many of you have, I'm getting a little fed up with many of the politicians and the leaders deciding how they're going to spend my money. Okay, this is a Taurian thing. I do not have Taurus in my chart. But we have at this moment what we call the axis of the north and south node of the moon, and they are in Taurus and Scorpio. And they've been there since January and will continue to be there until July of next year. So we moved from the axis of the Gemini and the Sagittarius, which was all about truth and information and misinformation and what's true, what's not, into a much more earthy Taurus and watery Scorpio situation. And we have a solar eclipse and the lunar eclipse coming up very soon, which I know I'll be talking about, but it felt that this axis that causes the eclipses is really pertinent to us all. So Taurus is very much about being down to earth, practical, generous, and loving all the sensory situations. So touch, taste, smell, money, nature, the body, sensuality, sex, all of those things are very Taurian. Scorpio loves all those things, but it's much more passionate. So we often say that sex for a Scorpion, you know, the, the earth has to move, where for a Taurian, it's just about good touch. Okay. I'm probably exaggerating, but that's how we see it. Scorpio often have a a love for sex and adventure and maybe affairs and dancing and drumming. It's very sensual. It's very in the body. The downside of Taurus can be that it is, even though it's generous, it holds on to things that are meaningful for it. In other words, there's a bit of possessiveness. As any of my Torian friends might say, we'll give you anything as long as you don't take our stores. You won't even know where our stores are. So there's a little bit of hoarding that goes on from Taurus. On the other side, Scorpio isn't so much about hoarding. In fact, it enjoys the chaos, but it also creates chaos and mystery in the darker facets of our lives. We could almost say the dark web, the dark, unknown, secretive places. And that's where we might see abuse. We may see drug addictions. 
we may see sex abuse, trafficking. So all of these things are going to be very pertinent and I hope come to the fore over the next certainly year that we're having uh, this axis, this north and south axis. And they're the ones that are going to be, as I say, uh, causing our eclipses. It's, it's, the eclipses are caused when there's an alignment between what we call in the north-south nodes and the Earth's plane. It's the easiest way I can say this. So this idea of what's going on in this moment made me think about really there's more scorpionic energy going on than there is at the moment Taurian. Now, what is the North Node? If you look up in various astrology books, the North Node, and you can all look, you've all got a North and South Node in your chart. The North Node is often described as where we're going, like the, the point of an arrow, and the South Node is where we've come from. So one might be said, this is our karma, is our South Node, our dharma is our North Node, but they're both connected. So you can't only have the point of the arrow without having the feathers on the other side, the fledging on the other side. So really it's what our South Node makes us is where we're directed to. You can't just cut off your karma and say, I don't have it. So for all of us, our North and South Node show us where we've come from and where we're going. And that whatever we've come in with into this life, our South Node, is going to be somewhat of a help to help us on our North Node direction. Even though we might say, well, that was a negative experience, sometimes a negative experience helps us to say, well, I'm never going to do that again. I'm going to go in this direction. Another way I quite like looking at North-South Nodes is the North Node is what we're doing for ourselves, and the South Node is what we're doing for others. I, I quite like looking at that as well, if you ever want to look into an astrology book and understanding it that way. You'll see most astrologers talk about these two nodes in that way. And if you have an astrology chart and you want to understand which is which, we will say the North Node looks like a headset and the South Node looks like a bucket, <laughs> headset upside down. And these two have a kind of pull-push effect on us. So we have to balance them out. And what I feel is happening at the moment is that the South Node, we could say the Scorpionic South Node, is having far more attention paid to it than the North Node in Taurus. Why do I say that? Because I'm watching people spend, as I say, my money and everybody else's money, your money, on whims, on ideas that are never going to be sustainable. And this isn't something new. This isn't just since we've had a north-south node in Taurus and Scorpio. This has been happening for thousands of years. Somebody getting a great idea. Let's go and do it and let's spend lots of money doing it. And nobody cares whether we have that money, whether this is the most valuable use of that money or that resource. No, let's just do it. And, and then we can see what happens. This is not science. <laughs> I've got to be honest about it. It's not the science of money, and it's certainly not useful, and it's not common sense. And maybe as I'm talking, it's the Scot in me coming out. Uh, okay, some of you may be Scottish. Some of you may, like me, have very strong Scottish roots. But we always say the Scots are very careful with money. <laughs> we are, you know, we don't pull out our money very quickly. <clears throat> and there is that sense of sustaining ourselves by being careful. And I think that came through in my childhood. 
where you hear money didn't grow on trees or, you know, you have to work hard to get money. You have to put the earth, the work in. And yes, I have a very strong work ethic, as some of you may have. I wonder what messages you received about money. And, you know, those messages can also not help us in the long term, like money doesn't grow on trees, you have to work for it. It's true that I very rarely ever received money just from not doing anything. I've usually had to work for it because that's my belief system. Some of you, money may just pour in from different directions and God bless you for doing that. But whatever our messages, because money and sex are some of the strongest messages we receive from our family, money is obviously energy. And we all know that it's an exchange of energy. I put put work in and I get money back in return. But it's also about how we use our energy. So we could just say practically, are we using our energy in a practically good way, which means that there's going to be some left over or even be a return? Now, any of you who are gardeners know this to be true. And Taurus is very much about gardeners. If you don't plant your seeds, you won't get any returns. Or if you don't nurture those seeds, there won't be any return. So all the effort that you might put in, for instance, to put that seed into the ground, unless you water it or do whatever else is needed, there will be no return. So it's not just about doing something. We have to nurture a dream. We have to give energy to that dream in order for it to bring us something back. And that's what I often see is that we may have a great idea, we rush off and do it, or we might buy all the equipment to do it, and then we don't give ourselves time to do it. We don't put energy into it, and therefore we go, oh, I never will get that done. And you think, well, no, because it's not just about giving it time. It's actually giving it pleasure. It's, it's, it's finding a pleasure in doing what we're doing. So when we're thinking about what sustains our own energy, What sustains us is, did or does what we do give us pleasure? At the end of the day, do you say, wow, I really enjoyed doing that? Because if you've put more energy out than your enjoyment coming back, you're always going to feel half empty. Make sense? Now, the same happens if we go and visit someone who we don't really like. We feel we've put lots of energy into that relationship and we didn't get anything back. Once again, our tank will be empty. And we feel it, don't we? we? We feel that drain on our physical body when we're doing something. As I say, it may just be a matter of work or some job you have to do, or it may be a relationship. And you literally come home and you go, oh, goodness, I just need to sink back in, into a hot bath or into an armchair and because I'm exhausted from that. So our, our physical body knows when we're putting more energy out than we're getting back. And what happens is that this particularly affects our adrenal glands. And our adrenal glands are where we make both uh, adrenaline and also cortisol, which is used for long-term stress. So the adrenaline gives us that short-term, but if we exhaust our adrenal glands, we don't have resources and stores for actually being able to sustain ourselves by making cortisol. And if we take that one step deeper, and then any of you who have practiced acupuncture or 
practiced a traditional Chinese medicine or understanding this, the adrenal glands are connected to the base chakra. And the base chakra is connected to our ancestral chi, our ancestral energy. Quick plug, if you're interested in learning more about chakras, do sign up for my, my course, my seminar, Let's Talk Chakras, in a couple of weeks. But coming back to my base chakra, the base chakra is about a sense of belonging, security, sustainability, stability, all of those things, very Taurian, in fact. Do I feel that I can just be here, be present, be in the now without a fear of poverty or a fear of not having? Or do I always have to be alert to the next thing? So here I'm talking about two things. One is when we don't feel safe, we often find ourselves always on the alert, waiting for the next disaster, the next shoe to drop, the next, next thing to happen, the next variant to appear. And I think we've all been living like that for now we're talking over two years. Isn't that true? You look to the news like, what's the next thing that's going to happen? What next war is going to break out? What next drug? What next disaster? What next variant? You know, and, you know, our leaders keep saying, oh, be careful. You might take your mask off, but you might need it. Or we may go back into lockdown. Or be careful. And it's wearing, isn't it? There's that sense where your adrenal glands are constantly on alert and you're using up a lot of that energy that would have just given you that sense in the base chakra of, ha, ah, I can breathe out. I feel strong. I feel steady. I feel I'm okay. But not a lot of people are feeling like that, especially if you have free-floating anxiety around you, people who are anxious. They spark you, don't they? They, they cause you to feel more uh, unable just to relax. So one of the Taurian messages is learning how to live in the now. We all know this is an important thing. But as I've suggested, sometimes it just means breathing out, holding your breath out, and just sitting in what I call the sign that, sitting in the gap. In this moment, everything is okay. When I take a breath in, everything changes. When I breathe out, everything changes. But in this moment, everything's fine. And I'm sure there are times in your day, I hope there are times in your day when you feel like that. You're doing something and you went, wow, I just, I melted into that situation. And it felt pleasurable. It felt nurturing. It didn't take a lot of energy out of me. I hope you'll find moments like that where you didn't think, ah, oh, got to do that. So you kind of prepared yourself. Like, okay, I'm off to do that. What are those moments where you just are yourself? You're just in the now. You feel good about you. It's not a head thing. It's just, ah, I'm here. That's a very Taurian energy. All right. So if you're like me that has a lot of planning in my mind, because I have a lot of Capricorn energy and my dear husband has a Taurus rising and he says, let's just sit down. It's like, what do you mean just sit down? I've got lots of things to do. I've got plans. <laughs> he, 
he's very useful because those plans will wait. Most of those plans could actually wait for me to just breathe out. And having that pleasure with him is much more important than maybe some of the things I planned. Because, you know, end of the day, none of us want to die with regret. And as we always say, nobody's ever said, I wish I had worked harder. It's always, I wish I had spent more time with that person. I wish I had done those things that I keep putting off. So this is a good time to, to look at those things. Now, the other side of that ancestral chi that I wanted to come back to in the base chakra is those messages that you received from your ancestors. And we're influenced by three generations back, if not seven. Please, please, if you've never looked at your genealogy, please do that. What were the messages your family passed to you about money? And I meet so many people who talk about poverty consciousness. Now, they may not say it in those terms, but they tell me a story of their family being moved out of their home or suddenly going bankrupt when they had a lot of money, then they lost it. Or maybe your family came from the potato famine in Ireland or you were forced out of a situation. What were the messages about money? Because if the messages that you were given will dictate how much energy your ancestors passed on to you in the name of security and stability. You see, it's not about having money. It's about whether that gives you a sense of peace. I've met people who have much, much, much money and are constantly talking about being poor. And I've met people who really don't have much money, but never talk about being poor. There's something that they, they know how to work with this energy. They know how to keep the energy flowing. And yes, you may have no savings. I hear that 60% of Americans live by paycheck to paycheck. It's a very scary place to be. But on the other, that might be my perception because they might feel that this is their way of being because they're lucky and they always will have work and they always will bring money in. Ah, oh, that was another message that I received. Put a little money away for a rainy day. Does that rainy day ever come? So really it's a case of what makes you feel comfortable. Some of you might want lots of savings. Some might not want any, but the most important part is does that energy flow through you? Do you enjoy what you have? Are you actually able to sustain that? And do you hold on to things that really don't fulfill you? And it's always good to look around our house and say, what have I got here that actually is taking energy from me? Maybe it's old ancestral uh, objects passed down and you really never liked that table or whatever it was, but you should because your mother and gave it to you, it's time to move it on. It's taking your energy. Where have all your objects around your house come from? Are they practical? Are they useful? I mean, again, I'm coming back to a Torian idea. Do they serve you? Do you feel nurtured? Now, how many people have a, I don't know, a set of tableware, teaware, whatever it is that you might dinnerware that you may say, I only use for special times but you've never used it. Or oh, I only keep this for special occasions, but you never use it. 
is everything in your house usable? <laughs> Can you still fit into some of those clothes that you haven't fitted into for 10 years? <laughs> Time for a really good spring clean because it's again practicalities. So really allowing that base chakra to draw energy in. And I would say to you to remember that one of the best ways of doing that is imagining that you have magnets on the soles of your feet, a larger magnet in Mother Earth. She pulls you into her. You develop roots into her. And you allow yourself to rest in her beautiful soil. And then you draw some beautiful golden energy up along those roots, along your legs, into your body, bringing new sustainable energy into your body new regenerative energy, and then letting that come out the top of your head and flow around you until you bring that down to the earth again and have this lovely golden bubble. We need to keep filling ourselves. And sometimes that isn't about doing. <laughs> you don't have to work to be rich. Sometimes it's about resting. And what I'm aware of that sometimes when I'm doing, I'm doing it from a fear of not having. Does anybody recognize that? So the more I think I must do this job because otherwise I won't have, is actually putting the message out into the world that I don't have. The more time I take off is actually showing the world that I trust myself and I actually do have. That makes sense? No, I took a year off every seven years when I was much younger. And remember that person who, or several people who kept coming up to me and saying, can you afford to do that? That was their fear. And three people came up and said, can you afford to do that over a period of time? And eventually I said, I can't afford not to. And as soon as I made that statement to the universe, those people never asked me that question again, because the universe was saying to me, only when you stop and you disconnect from your identity in the outer world do you prove that actually you know that you belong to something more important than your, your uh, fear-driven activities in the outer world. Let's put it that way. So the question is, do you feel that you are supported and sustained through your inner core, not just by the source of money? You see, when I connect to that rootedness and go right into the core of Mother Earth, I feel that I am, I belong. I be believe that I will be sustained. I, I actually don't go into a fear pattern. Because it isn't about whether I make money or not, it's whether my soul survives. And I hope I'm stressing this to you now. So to come back to what's going on in our planets and what's going to go on in this earth, we're going to see over the next 18 months a real increase in, sadly, financial instability, food shortages, oil shortages, petrol price rises. We're seeing all of that already. And a lot of it's going to be caused by scorpionic energies, wars, chaos, illness, disease, and our leaders will be playing us off and saying, we need to throw money at all the problems, rather than saying, 
actually what will sustain us. We don't need more wars. We don't need more weapons. None of that has ever worked in the past. And we need people leading who actually look at what will be sustaining this community, not, not just in the short term, but I would like to say the next seven generations, but even the next 100 years will do me, next 50 years. Because nothing we're doing at the moment is actually sustaining us. More wars, more battles, more sanctions, more everything, more lockdowns, more... It's just leading to more suicides, more abuse, more deaths. That cannot be the direction we need to move in. And this is why I have faith in women, and I'm not discounting my men who are listening. But this is what women have always done. They have stayed at homes. They have taken care of the children. They have planted the seeds. They have cleaned the house because they understand that and I go, I understand women go to war, but as well as men. But there has often been this sort of heroic, let's go to war, let's fight, let's go, okay, look at us, we're heroes. But nobody ever thinks of what will you come back to as the hero? Who are you expecting to keep the hearth? burning the children alive while you're off doing your thing and we're all praising you for doing it. If you hear me, I'm a bit fed up with that story. I don't give any credence for someone who gets a great idea and spends my energy, their energy, whatever, and doesn't think about the children, the schooling of the children, the feeding of the children, because if those children are not fed, if these children are allowed to become drug addicts or commit suicide, there ain't no future for humanity. And that's what we need. So I'm looking out for women and men who will say, stop, stop now. Because it was the women always in the past who were chosen to be the spiritual leaders, because only they knew what was worth fighting for. Only they knew what it was like to hold a baby to the breast and then bury it in war. I don't have any awareness of what's going on in the world that makes me think that our leaders care, and I'm making a very big statement there. We're seeing millions of people being trafficked, children, women, men, disappearing. We're seeing people being given drugs like, oh, isn't this wonderful? Now you can have any drug you like and take it when you like. Are you not understanding that this is actually just to make you an invaluable member of society? We're being given these awful destructive methods of making ourselves disappear. I'm watching as this whole idea of gender is getting mixed, mixed up with sex. Sex and gender are not the same thing. But that's the scorpionic way it's going. It's like teaching a young girl that her periods are to do with getting pregnant. They're not. Their periods are about her rhythm with life, her ability to be a woman, 
not necessarily to having sex and being pregnant. Those things have to be discussed, but not under the same umbrella. And sometimes I think that we're almost reverting to the Roman times where the morals were so loose that it was like, okay, yeah, you get on with it. Have we not moved anywhere from some of these very base energies that are, that are driving us in a direction that doesn't work for us? So that's my very serious side to this. I want us all to understand that we are in this crisis, not just in, how can I say, a financial crisis, but it's an energy crisis. It's where are we putting our energy? And it's not about becoming, uh, I don't want to be talking about morals. I'm talking about, is this the most pleasurable way? Now, maybe it is, but is this a sustainable pleasure or is it just an instant fix? Does this sustain us? Does this sustain my energy? Does this allow this to grow? And in all honesty, is this in tune with a bigger cosmic story? Or is it, am I losing touch with that reality? As we move into what is the summer here in the Northern Hemisphere, we're going to have at the beginning of August a meeting between Mars, the North Node, and Uranus, which will bring all of this to a head in a fairly dramatic way because everything is dramatic when Scorpio is involved as well as because it's the opposite of Taurus. So we're seeing this buildup of people saying, well, is there an alternative financial source such as Bitcoins, etc.? How do we make alternative food? How do we make alternative finances, which might come into, hey, let's everybody have a universal income which is not the way to go. These are none of these are the way to go because the most natural ways to go are the ways my mother taught me and my grandmother taught me and my grandfather taught me. Get back to the earth. Get back in tune with nature. Get back in tune with our bodies. Get back in tune with generosity. Meeting each other's needs, sharing, and not wasting energy on things that will only last for a short moment, and then we have to go back and do it all again. So I leave you with this idea to say, what thought does not sustain me? What, what ideas, what, what old regrets, griefs, etc., am I ready to release? Because they don't sustain me. What relationships are not sustainable? What thoughts, relationships, things I do in life. Does this mean that doing this thing will bring me a sustainable and enjoyable future? Because that's what it's about now. Pleasure is not something that you shouldn't be doing. It's a way of understanding of how we are resonating with the world. When we experience pleasure, we are in alignment to what is true to our soul and true to our body. Keeping that in mind, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. 
You can also watch the Archive Podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.